Hello, I'm Larry Burns, and welcome to another episode of Discovering the Power of You. Today, we have another great guest, uh, a young man that I met through my friends at WJR in Detroit. Uh, and Anthony Crepito became an ambassador for the Children's Foundation, talking about a very important issue, mental health in youngsters, uh, and using magic as well as his great speaking talents to get across many important issues. And so I'd like all of us to welcome Anthony Crepito to Discovering the Power of You. Anthony. Hello, how are you? Hello, great seeing you as always. Uh, it's been a while, but uh, we've talked on the phone and so it's gonna be fun to, to catch up and let our viewers and listeners uh, catch up as well. So one of the things I'd, I'd like to start with, with Anthony, is talk about your journey um, and how you developed magic as a tool to communicate and some of the things that, uh, some of the obstacles that you faced in your, in your life. Um, and I think it's a very inspiring story, if you don't mind sharing that with us. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I went through a lot of challenges when I was uh, a teenager, when I was a kid. And one of the things that I really looked forward to always were like the school assemblies and the pep rallies. Um, what the school that I went to had a really high suicide rate in the nation. And at the time they brought in this speaker to do a presentation and uh, they were giving us data and statistics and it went from a presentation that I was very excited about to a presentation that ended up not being very attainable to me because it was hard for me to sit and pay attention and to listen to all this, you know, data and statistics, not necessarily tools and advice at the time. So I realized very early on that to present a serious topic in a way that is creative, engaging and innovating um, is really important and increases the success rate for people that will listen. And so what, what, if you don't mind, you know, sharing some of the issues that you faced that you're now trying to uh, communicate to, uh, to parents, to students, to teachers, um, you know, that is relevant in today's world. Yeah. So I, uh, I have a presentation called the magic of hope and it is a school assembly or keynote speech format that talks about the actual tools that the school and community has to deal uh, with crises about, you know, for, for suicide prevention purposes. But also uh, it talks a lot about healthy and unhealthy coping skills, healthy coping skills and unhealthy coping skills to deal with stress, depression, anxiety, and even suicidal ideation. And all of these tools are practical. Can you give us an example of what some of those tools are? Yeah, and it's cool because what I like to do is talk before I present for a company or a school is I talk with the people uh, with their team to establish the exact tools and resources that the community has or that the school has because so many communities and schools have different tools. For example, somebody in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan may not have as many crisis resources as someone in the Metro Detroit area. So what I try to offer students are anecdotes or stories that talk about like the unhealthy ways. And the reason I shed light on all of the unhealthy ways that we cope with challenges 
is because having that awareness can make or break a person's success. And what have you seen change over the last, now we've, we've lived through COVID and I know that yeah. it was hard for all of us, but I know for someone like you, it was particularly hard because you couldn't give your presentations in person for a long period of time. And you and I chatted about that. And, and it, you know, anybody that, that had live performances really was hurt by, by COVID. So now that we're out of COVID and, and I know that you're back and active talking to schools and, and interacting with teachers and parents, what have you seen change, if anything, and what are some of the issues that, um, that you're hearing about, that you're seeing that, um, that sort of concern you about, about kids and, and mental health? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also wanted to say, you know, during, during COVID, there was a period of time where, you know, I just was not working and that allowed me to focus on myself, which I think was vital and necessary to present the way and be the person that I am like right now. So during COVID uh, for the first year-ish, um, I really didn't work. I went on the backpacking trips and hiked. And then um, in 2021, I actually moved to Hawaii. <laughs> so I moved to Hawaii and I set up a virtual studio there and I lived there. And I presented to companies, uh, Fortune 100 and Fortune 500 companies virtually. I started doing school assemblies and um, I opened another side business that really taught me a lot. That is uh, the reason that I am present like presenting more now today than I ever have in my entire life um, and doing only purpose-based work. And since I've been able to improve, you know, who I am as a person, but also my presentations, uh, the feedback that I'm getting from students and parents is vastly different in the sense of I always was getting messages online prior with people thanking me and people telling me, you know, hey, you know, we appreciate you sharing your story. Wow, I can't believe that I can relate to that. But now it's almost like I have a whole community that is backing me because it went from I have to try to get into the schools to people connecting me and saying, like, we need this presentation. And the feedback I'm getting after that, um, wow, if I, I could read some testimonies to you guys and they, they bring me to tears. Mm -hmm. So I believe we're making progress at breaking down the stigma of, of mental health and depression. Um, what, what are some of those things that you're hearing about, about kids? And uh, if somebody's watching this uh, and they have some teenagers at home, not really sure if everything is okay with them, what, what can you share with us that either yourself has experienced or that you're seeing during your work um, that might be some good advice for a, for a parent or a sibling that's worried about their brother or sister. Yeah, you know, I think that reaching out is really important, obviously. Um, creating an environment where a teenager can feel safe, supported, and accepted. And I know that some parents think that that's what's going on, but when I look back, when I was suffering as hard as I was in, in high school, um, I didn't feel necessarily safe, accepted, or supported by my parents or adults in general. So I think that's where a big challenge is, is that 
were not as trusted. Even in my early like twenties, you know, I was still trying to get over the fact that I didn't necessarily trust adults. I didn't necessarily trust my parents. Um, so to be able to create an environment or connect them with people who can create an environment where they feel safe, accepted, and supported, I think is a really, really powerful, you know, thing to to have. I'm so old, I can't really recall um, <laughs> if I was, I, I did feel supported by my parents, um, but but we all had issues. Right. And, and so what, if, if I'm a parent now raising uh, a youngster, and I think I'm doing a great job, but what, what are some of the things that I need to make sure I'm doing so that my child feels uh, like they can trust me? Ooh, that's a really good question. You know, and, and keep in mind, I, I think it's hard for me to answer that almost because I didn't trust my parents until, you know, I, I was able to take a step back uh, when I was older, I had to take a step back and uh, disconnect to them for a little bit so that I could adjust and uh, come back to them in a place where I could trust them again. Like today, I have the best relationship ever that I've had with my parents. Um, but I think each situation is very different. But I, I also do know that there are trust building exercises that, that people can find uh, that, you know, you can talk to your therapist or your mental health professional about. And I think those people would have really great tools and advice uh, to answer that question. Just just because I don't want to deliver it in a way that um, <laughs> that that doesn't apply to somebody, if that makes sense. I think each case is so different. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about your magic and your presentation. So uh, first, how did you get into magic? Uh, because that's not something that everybody does. Um, and then um, second, how do you use your talents as a magician to get your message across about mental health? Yeah, yeah. So I started performing magic when I was five years old. And when I was eight, my parents took me to Las Vegas to see Lance Burton perform at the Monte Carlo. And I'll never forget, he pulled me on stage and Lance made a bird cage vanish in my hands. I kid you not, he had a bird in a cage, like a parrot, it was big and it vanished. Um, it happened, I was there. And it blew my mind. And ever since that day, uh, the magic bug kind of caught me. And I realized quickly that it was my way to connect with people and to have something you know special of my own. I grew up around a lot of very talented people in Lake Orion a lot of very smart people and I never felt that I had something myself that I that I could approach others with or that it would make me unique and um, magic is something that really just stuck with me and the way that I use it in my presentations today um, is to kind of convey these messages these positive messages that I'm trying to spread so I'm using magic as a catalyst for talking about coping skills for talking about tools and resources and for sharing stories that are relatable and necessary to hear, but in a way that is fun and attainable. All right, so now let's do an actual trick if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, so um, I wrote this magic trick so that I could help people uh, ask themselves questions to cultivate self-awareness. 
So, uh, Larry, what I'm going to do, because I don't think you can reach through the screen and, like, grab a card unless you know some magic. But um, this is what I was going to do. I was going to fan the cards. First of all, can you and the viewers at home see all these playing cards? Yes. So do me a favor, Larry, not the Ten of Diamonds, but I want you to stare into the pack right now and memorize one card that you can actually see. And then uh, let me know when you have that card. I'm thinking I have it. All righty. Now, do me a favor. Yes. I'm going to ask you a couple questions so that I can find and locate your card. I'm going to cut to the exact location it is in the pack. Uh, okay. do me, did your card have a number on it? Yes. Yes. And considering the two through 10 scale, would you say your number was really low? No. I didn't think it was. Let me cut the pack right here. Now, I have a feeling that your playing card, was it a red card? No. I didn't think it was. Was it the seven of spades, Larry? Yes. Wow. <laughs> How'd you figure that out? Just asking a couple questions can do some really, really powerful things. And um, whether that's, you know, powerful like a magic trick or powerful like learning something new about yourself or somebody else, um, I think that one of the most important things that we can do is ask ourselves questions. Exactly. So another question I have about magic that ties into what I've seen you do uh, live is um, you have somebody put a, you in a um, straitjacket and then you continue to, to talk your presentation um, and then remarkably at the end you free yourself from the straitjacket and um, so what's the message you deliver um, I mean, it's remarkable that you're able to do that. So that's pretty cool. Um, but I know you use it as a pertinent message in your presentation. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the straight jacket to me is very symbolic. So my dad growing up played in a, in a punk band <laughs> called straight jacket, which later became known as masquerade. So ever since I was young, the word straight jacket and I had this weird affinity, right? So um, I used it in street performances to gather large crowds. It is the end of a lot of my entertainment shows. But when you're looking uh, at my keynote speech, when you're viewing my keynote speech, and I have two people wrap me in a straight jacket and then tie me up in 40 feet of chain and padlock it, it represents all of the challenges uh, that we go through in life. Your anxiety, maybe your, your symptoms from anxiety or depression or even ideation, tying you down and holding you down. So I create this environment where I become very vulnerable. I'm completely tied up. I, ca I cannot defend myself. Um, I'm, you know, I'm exposed, I guess, let, let's say. And I, the way that I tell the story is um, about a lot of the tools that we learn in therapy learning how to breathe to center ourselves, learning how to build momentum to overcome challenges, and working to keep that motivation to overcome what we're doing. And step by step, I explain how to get out of the straitjacket as, as you're watching this, kind of as a metaphor. So I ask the whole audience to take in a deep breath. And when I let it go, the chains drop right off of my body. 
And when the chains hit the floor, I kid you not, Larry, you can hear the entire school like a pin drop in the school. It, it is it is just a very powerful piece. And working the straps up over, you know, my head and, you know, doing the doing the whole like shoulder bit and um, escaping step by step or strap by strap in the exact same way that a therapist or a mental health professional would give you advice to overcome your challenges. Yeah, and I've seen it uh, several times. It is very powerful. And it also reminds me that you need to take care of your physical self. Otherwise, you won't be able to do that. Yeah. If you hurt your shoulder or your arm or something, so you got to be careful. Yeah, you know, I um, for health reasons, I kid you not, I put on about 20 pounds uh, weightlifting in the gym and eating right. I went to these different, uh, I had a nutritionist help me and a couple other people help me. And I can't fit into one of my straight jackets anymore because my shoulders got so big. <laughs> so <laughs> I went to put it on one day. And um, when the guy was tying me in, I'm like, man, I'm really in here. This isn't good. And right, uh, yeah. I, I struggled really hard to get out that day. And I was like, I'm not wearing that one again. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you look great. So you. we talked a little bit about COVID. And I know that you... Um, grew your sort of virtual presence or followers during that uh, to where now I think you have 400,000 followers. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about how, how'd you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I should, this is, this is an example of why you got to try new things because um, had I joined TikTok even earlier, I would have been one of the first people on the platform and it would have, it would have, just blown up so much more but i um a lot of people know me because i i'm i'm very talented at stealing watches um i'm pretty sure um and i'm willing to go to go to go to combat for this that i have the world record for the most watches stolen ever by a magician and i have video proof of every watch i've ever stolen <laughs> posted online or in my camera roll so um i have garnished over like 200 or 250 million views giving people their objects back, whether it's their watch or their wallet. And um, I have viral videos of me taking it from like uh, police, police force all the way to like army and Marines all the way to like, you know, just random people hanging out like at, at Imagine Theaters or in Jimmy John's Field in Utica, you know. Um, right. And that that brand awareness like blew me up. Um, there were a couple YouTubers that are really well known that had me on their shows that really helped. And, um, you know, it's, I created this tagline, did you see a magic trick? And then they go, no, or yes. And I say, well, do you want your watch back? And now anytime I go out in public, people say that to me. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. And I've seen that. And I believe you stole my watch once or twice. I, did, uh, yes. <laughs> I think yeah. that that was the first day I met you. Uh, yeah. yeah friends from WJR <laughs> were like, you got to yes. get his watch. Trust me. And we did. I, I had a nice shine all on and uh, it was gone, but you gave it back. So that was nice. Um, and so people watching that are interested in you, maybe come into their school or organization. Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of, of Anthony? Yeah. Yeah. So um, you can always give me a call. Uh, my, my office number is on my website. Go to www themagicofhope.com. Uh, that is the best way to reach me by filling out the contact form on my website. Also, at the time of this podcast, it's uh, about mid-August, I have uh, a grant that would cover 10 schools 
in Oakland County or the Flint area to where okay. my presentation uh, would be completely free to that school. Uh, this this is um, a grant from the Mental Illness Resource Association, and um, it's it's first come first serve for the schools that need it. Excellent, wonderful. And so our audience is pretty broad. Are you willing to travel to uh, to different states such as Florida uh, if, yeah. if someone was interested? Yeah, yeah. I regularly fly and drive all around the country. Um, I've done keynote speeches from. Pennsylvania to Florida, uh, Ponte Verde. Yeah, I think that's one of my uh, one of my major clients was down there for a while. So I regularly fly all around. Excellent. So uh, one last question, or um, what final piece of advice do you have for all of us that uh, from time to time struggle with uh, either stress or mental health? whatever is there any one piece of advice you'd like to leave us with yeah you know i definitely struggled um with anxiety and depression for a really long time and stress made all of my symptoms from that worse i think that one of the best things that you can do especially if you if you are capable of doing it is I think a lot of the stress and anxiety and depression we we push to the side because we need to work we need to fulfill this sense of ourselves that isn't necessarily contributing to our health and i think being able to create time for yourself to step away from all of those things and to learn who you are when you don't have a job to learn who you are when you don't you know need to fill some kind of role i think can make or break a person's success so in short um, who are you when you are not a father? Who are you when you are not an accountant? Or who are you, who am I when I'm not a magician, if that makes sense? Finding, yes. finding that you, if that makes sense. Well, it, and this podcast is called The Power of You, Discovering the Power of You. So that makes perfect sense. So uh, Anthony, uh, thank you. And uh, let's stay in touch. And if somebody's out there and they want to uh, have you at their school or organization, uh, we'll make sure that they have the right website for, uh, for them to follow up. So thanks. And it's great seeing you as always. Yeah, no, thank you so much. It's uh wish I could see you in person, but we will, we will soon. We'll do that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you to Florida. <laughs>